0: Section 19 of Tales from Yokoi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Abayi in October 2015. Tales from Yokoi by Mor Yokoi. The City of the Beast, Chapter 7, The Tezcatlipoca. In the broad streets a mass of men and women are surging to and fro what festival is being held to-day in triton's city the windows of the palaces are adorned with living flowers wonderful zoophytes which belong partly to the rapacious locomotive world and partly to the world that is rooted to the soil huge green snakes winding up the slender columns and terminating in marvellously beautiful tulip-like calluses but in the midst of each calyx lurks a poisonous sting and the leaves as they shrink together greedily devour the bird of paradise that has ventured into the calyx while the tail of the floral beast is rooted in the living earth the balconies are adorned with deep-sea vegetation which the perverse ingenuity of man has acclimatized to the tropical air between the bright ridges of the coral The interlacing suckers of the tumid polypus grope their way, presenting an eternally shifting maze of shapes and colours, whilst through the thick, branching arms of the transparent mollusk the pulsation of its vital juices is distinctly visible. The flowers of the field no longer charm the senses of men. The blunted, unreceptive soul can only be excited by the wondrous, the extraordinary in nature the main street from the gate to the temple of triton is covered by a carpet a carpet woven entirely out of the locks of young damsels ebony coloured hair forms the groundwork of the pattern and the figures of wreaths palaces sacrifices and all manner of groups are worked into it with tresses of every shade of colour from the blondest blonde to the deepest chestnut no reigning prince of this world has ever possessed a more costly carpet. Every year the girls cut off their locks. Every year the carpet grows longer and longer. And although the city itself increases every year, the carpet keeps pace with it and reaches from gate to gate. Over this gossamer network, more precious than gold, the festal host sweeps like a flowing stream. More than twenty thousand children, boys and girls, lead the way to the gorgeous temple, singing merry songs, and as they sing they dance with quivering limbs, a dance which flushes their cheeks with a feverish glow, and fires their eyes with an ardour which has nothing childish in it. On the morn of the feast of Triton an intoxicating potion was given to these children, which has robbed them of all modesty and, writhing hideously, they dance and sing in honour of the god. After then come twenty thousand women, their bodies covered with dazzling stuffs and gorgeous plumage, women with painted cheeks, gilded eyelids and eyebrows, and with dishevelled tresses rolling down their shoulders in hundreds of ringlets entwined with gold wire there is not a spot on their bodies which reveals god's creating hand human madness has covered painted and gilded everything only their sparkling eyes show that they are human only their languishing glances tell that they are women the women are followed by three hundred and sixty-five old men the priests of the god with lofty gold embroidered peaked caps and long trailing mantles, each holding in his hand a staff covered with silver bells. These grave old men, with the high caps and the long robes, dance with insane gestures round a golden car resting on six wheels. Each wheel bears the image of the sun, and six pillars, surmounted by a golden drapery, form a sort of baldakin over the car. In the midst of this lofty state chariot lies a human form, a pale ghost, a living corpse, whose eyes are as dull and turbid as slimy sea-water, the skin of whose face is earth-coloured and cleaves to the bones, whilst his body-bearing speaks of utter weariness, semi-idiocy, and disgust of life. His limbs are quite motionless, but, if you look closely, you will see that now and then his lips slightly quiver. This shape is the Tetzcatlepoca. The chronicles of the Incas, whom the wise Spaniards, in league with the Redskins, destroyed root and branch, had also something to say about the festivities of Tetzcatlepoca. Tetzcatlepoca was the name they gave to a subordinate, annually elected deity, "'who presided over their ghastly mysteries. "'The proudest and comeliest man that could be found "'was annually selected and brought into Triton's city. "'In the midst of the great market-place "'the loveliest maidens of the city surrounded him with unpainted cheeks, "'freely flowing tresses, and elfin garments spun out of glass-thread, "'and thus they spoke to the elect of the people.' This year thou art the god tetzcatlipoca the lord of all beauty, the demigod of bliss, the prince of women. Every flower blooms for thee, every lip kisses thee. Wilt thou be the god tetzcatlipoca Wilt thou consume away, expire, and vanish in the midst of joy? And if the eyes of the elect god kindle at the sight of these sense-bewitching beauties, if the blood flew seething up into his temples if he answered yes then he was anointed with balsamic spices swathed in robes of pearly silk and carried to the temple of tezcatlipoca and there he lived night and day in the sweet delirium of bliss and intoxication the maidens of the city with their long flowing hair visit him one after the other and when they quit him their locks are cut off and from these locks the carpet which reaches from one end of the town to the other is made. This intoxication, this delirium of joy, lasts a whole year. And on the last day of the year he, together with the last maiden whom he himself selects, is offered to the giant triton. The living idol consumes them both, and then a new Tetzkatlepoka is chosen. Once in ten times, perhaps, the selected man resists the enchanting spectacle, the most irresistible of all enchantments. Or is there anything more bewitching than a woman's charm? And answers the invitation with a, No. Then they tear the golden garments from his body, and say to him, Naked thou camest into this blissful world, naked shalt thou depart into a world of woe, behold yonder those snow-covered mountains there dwell those twin voiceless beings wilderness and nothingness go thither thither where neither man nor beast can thrive for horror and distress live there in cold wretchedness and solitude and if any love thee let them follow thee and with that amidst the scorn and derision of the daughters of triton's city They cast the perverse wretch out of that gate which leads to the snowy mountains and curse him that he may never return again generally however some one human being is found to accompany the exile some one girl more gentle and modest than the rest who would fain hide with her luxuriant tresses the charms which her gossamer garments so ill conceal who laying her hands on the shoulders of the vagabond "'follows him out of the city of bliss "'into the cold and mysterious world beyond. "'But love alone, love pure and true, "'is capable of such acts of renunciation, "'and such examples of true love "'happen there only once in ten years. "'The derided, mud bespattered lovers "'immediately vanish into the misty, "'cloud-wrapped regions of the icy mountains, "'and no human eye ever gloats over their misery.' for no human eye ever sees them more. Thus the festival of Triton is celebrated every year, when the roar of the hungering monster is heard miles away, and the idiot victim of his own lusts is placed on the golden triumphal car, and led to his doom amidst music and dancing. Such is the history of the man who sits there on the golden car procession moves on after the priests come the maidens of the city with chapleted brows and fluttering garments and in their midst on a silver car the girl devoted to the idol after this half elfin half infernal pageant come the men of the city and what men bent and crippled shapes with tottering knees crooked necks nerveless arms quenched eyes and soulless faces tottering along like drunkards a host of miserable withered skeletons if a manlier statelier shape appear here and there among the decrepit mob it is quite the exception and the features of all without exception handsome or hideous bear the brand of a curse upon them a spasmodic twitching of the lips, that unmistakable, unconcealable trait which marks the beast, the demon, and the maniac. The most incontrovertible token of the degeneracy of a race is when its women are very fair and its men very hideous. There ruin already lurks in the background and the rear is brought up by an infernal sense-bewildering throng of monsters for which human language has no names beasts with human heads and human shapes with repulsive bestial heads a fearful blasphemy of the sacred order of divine nature terrifying mongrel monsters half men half beast accursed witnesses of the insane degeneracy of human nature creatures of whom all antiquity records but one example, the minotaur. In the fortunate islands these abortions form a whole tribe, and those who behold them are no longer shocked or terrified at the sight. End of section 19.